Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everybody, Kristen here. We have Sarah Navrachel on the show today. She's a new podcaster on the network with the show Rewrite Your Life, which was a fun journey uh, working with her to um, get that title to be the perfect one for her show. She does a lot of incredible, incredible work I've even done some personal work with her. She's going to explain what that is and tell us more about herself and why she does what she does. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be able to talk to you <laughs> as always. And uh, yeah, I am a certified Canfield Success Principles trainer. I just got trained this summer with that. And that has been such a life-changing experience, really um, helped me to be more positive and focus on goal setting and visualization and things like that. So I'm really excited to have that credential now. And that's uh, I, Jack Canfield for listeners that I knew who he was when Sue said his name, but he is actually extremely well known. Yes, Jack Canfield. Thank you. And uh, I am a wife, mother of three children, one of which is in college. And I have a freelance business that I do at home on the side, <laughs> along with my business that I'm now starting um, of coaching and speaking and writing and podcasting. And she has, and this will crack you up because you're going to have to tell them how many views it got. She has this YouTube video it has nothing to do with it, with what we're talking about at all, but it's hilarious. So please tell our listeners what it's about and how many people have watched it. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. It's a little bit embarrassing, but a few years ago, I put up a video about cleaning the hard water stains from your toilet, and it has almost a million views now. So <laughs> it's apparently amazing. quite a popular, popular subject. <laughs> did you get, do you have a ton, as it's been a while since I've gone and looked at it, did you um, get a ton of comments on it? There are quite a few comments. A lot of them are about what I did wrong, like how I emptied the toilet wrong or, um, right. you know, I shouldn't have had strings on my jacket that I was wearing because they were dangling down by the toilet. But I do have a lot of comments that thank you for this tip. This was a really great tip. I now have a clean white toilet and I wasn't mm. able to for years. So yeah, it's been really fun. That is, that's just 
cracks me up. You know, you, you hear people that go, I just want to get that, you know, that one crazy cat video that's going to help me, you know, get a million subscribers and, uh, and people will try to get that crazy cat story or toilet cleaning story, you know, their whole life and it never happens. And you just do it on a fluke with no expectation of that happening and look at what happened. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. So why for you, did you want to get into doing the kind of coaching that you're doing? You know, I have struggled so much in my life, uh, overcoming, as you know, past sexual abuse and, uh, shame-based parenting. Um, I kind of go back and forth as to whether my mother's a narcissist or not, narcissist or not, but I, you know, just that whole overcoming the past. And the more I overcame and overcame and overcame, the more I wanted to share that with others. And I saw my ability to help others come out of that shame place that so many of us who were abused and raised by um, abusive parents, narcissistic parents have been in so much of our life, Mm -hmm. really wanted to help people come out of that and not just keep this uh, joy and functionality that I now have in my life to myself. So I really wanted to share that with the world and, and with others who have been in this place and who have struggled and are struggling like I have and still struggle sometimes and uh, just walk through that journey with them. Good. Cause I know it's helped me. We've only had a couple of sessions, but uh they're pretty amazing. There's something about, and you know, listeners of my show, you know, this, um, you know, when the person that you're working with on these types of issues that Sarah just talked about, cause I share them with her, there's something about working with someone that, you know, has been through something extremely similar that helps bring a whole new level of healing to your, you know, your therapeutic session. So I know a lot of people get into this type of work because of the trauma that they've experienced, but in the counseling world, you can't necessarily share as easily what your story is. And I understand why, but when you do things that are more coaching, you can, and that's why there's, you know, a good place for it in, in the coaching world. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that, but that really is a beautiful benefit of going into coaching as opposed to some kind of a medical psychological profession. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that, 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 um, feeling of camaraderie and knowing that that person really gets those deep, dark feelings is Mm -hmm. really, you just can't exchange that for anything. I, I absolutely love my husband. He's been incredibly supportive to me all of our marriage and I am so blessed to have him and have him to talk to, but there are certain things that he just cannot even fathom how I feel about them and have felt about them because he just hasn't gone through that. And that's no fault of his, but it's so important to find somebody who can really relate to those feelings and, and really knows that, um, you know, whether it's sadness or fear, anxiety or despair or anger, whatever that you're feeling, you know, there's a certain way that we feel that when we've been through something that some people just aren't able to understand through no fault of their own. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about being triggered daily, which is, you know, something that you've talked about, you know, a lot of times we don't even know that that's what's going on. We just always feel awful. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. 
Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think the more that you, as you know, I do tapping and the more that you clear, it's kind of interesting, the clearer the triggers become so that you're able to start to step out of that. And sometimes you go back into it, but you can recognize, oh yeah, I'm triggered. Now I need to deal with this. Yeah. It's really interesting to, you know, get to do the hard, hard work on yourself, like what you're talking about and to then, you know, understand, oh, okay, that's what's going on. I'm triggered working through that and coming to a different place of it where you just want to be out of pain every day, all day pain, because it does feel like you're sort of, you're an animal in a cage that's maybe it's a wire cage. And so people are able to just poke through sticks and poke you through the cage and you're just trapped there. That can be what it feels like to have that kind of PTSD, but to get to another place you've been doing the work, you've been doing the work, you've been doing the work. You're not afraid anymore of the triggers and things like that that come up because you know that there's something like what you're talking about, tapping or working with someone like you that will help you release it. And then realizing what I'm realizing now, which is sometimes the things that come up are fantastic. They don't feel great, but the, the, but the action of sitting in my feelings instead of running from them trying to escape them, but sitting in my feelings about it, being uncomfortable, and then realizing that that was some kind of contrast I needed in order to, uh, to clear through in order to get to what the other side of that is, which is this joy and blissfulness and so on. It's a nice journey to, to go to those places, you know? It really is. It really is. You know, that just brought up something. Uh, we kind of have had some difficulty this summer with our daughter and illness and uh, surgery and things like that. And and I've just been through a lot in my life, as so many of us have been. And then we had our basement flood through a failure of the sump pump. And I think I was really struggling before that, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I have not felt that kind of despair for a long time, actually, since I was in PTSD mm-hmm. about 10, 10 or so years ago. And um, while I was in it, I couldn't see my way out of it. This was really um, probably the darkest place that I've ever gone. But the great thing is, I was able to use that technique that I use. I was able to use different forms of tapping that I have um, to get out of that. And the place that it took me to was, uh, I believe, a place of apathy from when I was a child, Mm -hmm. a place of being completely alone, um, no way out, totally scared and had no way to process what was happening, obviously, as a baby and young child. And that really there was nobody that was going to help me. And in fact, I went to a place where I shut my feelings down and I decided that there was no God, there was nobody. I mean, I was completely, completely alone. And it was a really strange feeling as I, as I tapped on this because it was as though I had shut my feelings off, but the hurt was so deep that I almost couldn't stand it. It was the, the strangest dichotomy of feeling that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because I had shut my feelings off, but in doing this, you know, and getting in touch with it, I was actually drawing them out and I was having to feel that despair of, you know, there's just no point. There's no point in 
you know, coaching. There's no point in doing my freelancing. There's no point in podcasting. This isn't going to help anybody. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to stop. And it took some various techniques that I have to get through that one because it was such a deep, dark place. But then afterwards, I felt so much lighter and freer and like it switched around. Like it almost like did a 180 and I just wanted to live. And I'm like, great, I got that one done. Now I'm going to go work on my freelancing. Like it just cleared yeah, something amazing. that was so deep that I don't think if this, if this hadn't happened with our basement water damage, I don't think that I could have gone to that place and then that would not have been healed. So for me, that's such a, such an important thing for people who have been through abuse and really terrible situations, trauma, to to remember that we can go into those places and if we have techniques, we can help ourselves come out of them and it doesn't have to keep us down in that deep, dark place. Exactly. And that there are things to be learned from those deep, dark places. I mean, we're going to go to those places often on the rest of our lives. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. That's just what happens. But to go there without the sense of foreboding that you'll never get out of it uh, to go into it going, okay, what have you got to teach me? I, I started doing that about depression, season, uh, seasonal affective disorder. And every year that I've been doing it, I've had less and less and less of a of that happened for me to the point now where I just don't even really have it happen. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen again in the future because that's the nature of depression. But ever since I started saying, okay, it's depression, it's coming, I can feel it. And what, what, okay, I'm going to just go into it. Just instead of trying to pretend it isn't here or run from it or what have you, I'm going to welcome it in and go, okay, what are you here to teach me? Just that alone has made it, you know, get to the point where I don't even think I have it anymore. Amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful technique. So talk to those listeners that are tuning in that don't know what tapping is. Like what, what exactly is that? Okay. Well, tapping is, um, it's actually physically tapping on certain points on your body that are meridians. And each of those goes to an organ, um, to, uh, an emotion in our body. So one place you might tap on is for anxiety. One place is for embarrassment. One place is for guilt and shame, those kind of things. And when you, you start out with a phrase about kind of what you're feeling. So, you know, even though I feel like life isn't worth living anymore, I totally and unconditionally love and accept myself. And you, you tap on a certain place for that so that you kind of tap in this lovingness I don't know what other word there is. It's a lovingness to yourself before you start to clear this, because as you start to clear it, it can be, you know, it can bring up the, the really negative hard emotions. And then you would just go through a sequence of tapping on these various points, saying the thing that's bothering you. So, you know, life isn't worth living anymore. And you say that every time you tap and you tap, you know, five or 10 times on each spot and you just keep doing that sequence And as you do it, it'll take the intensity down, 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 down until eventually you can get it to a zero and you don't believe that anymore Mm, and you're able to move on. Yeah, that's certainly what I, you know, what I experienced in the sessions that we did. And um, it was amazing to realize how much anxiety for me has played out in my life is that I just become still. 
Mm-hmm. So the energy from the anxiety gets stuck in my stillness. Mm-hmm. So doing something like this isn't like, oh, go jog. Because when you have that, you know, when I've had that much anxiety or, you know, PTSD, whatever was going on, I didn't have the energy to do anything but just be still. So to be able to do something where I'm still not really, you know, I'm not being told to go run a mile. I'm tapping. It's still an action that's releasing some of that energy. It's a move. It's a movement I'm making that helps get you out of that still stuck place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's quite often when we're in that place, we don't want to do anything We're yep. we are stuck. I mean, that's, that's what the tapping does is it kind of unsticks. I mean, my grammar is probably really bad today, but it unsticks, you know, the thing that is stuck and um, it shifts it to a positive. So people might say, well, why would I want to be tapping and saying the negative thing? Well, that's because you believe the negative thing and you want to reverse that. So we're going to tap that out. And eventually in your mind, as you're tapping, you will start to Uh, combat that in your mind, you'll notice yourself saying, well, wait a minute, life is worth living. You'll you'll have that thought go through your head or whatever it is you're tapping on. So, and that's just one way of tapping. There are many different ways of tapping. I have used um, Dr. Henry Grayson's way of tapping for a long time. That's called TFT and EFTA. Um, And those are a little more emotionally involved, but there are times like this incident that I described yesterday. uh, Well, Monday, I guess it was. I needed to do that too. I needed to do the EFTA where I was actually releasing the the actual emotion by touching that point. So it's not always physically tapping. You might just touch that point, but it's always something to do with the meridians and releasing that. And I did want to say for the listeners too, who don't know anything about it, it's also called emotional freedom technique or EFT. So if you look that up. Right. You can look that up online and there's a ton of information about it. So Mm -hmm. tell our listeners about, you know, what rewrite your life, you know, is about what is that for you? I mean, obviously I can get it from what you're saying, but there's more to it than what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think for me, the biggest part of what rewrite your life means to me is ditching the victim mentality. I just did a couple podcasts on that. I know they were really good. Thank you. And it was, it's about, you know, we were victims as children. Um, I know that a lot of your listeners probably were abused as children Mm -hmm. and in their lives. And we were victims. That was a time in our life when we did not have any, you know, power to stop that. And so many of us stay in that victim mentality and we continually live in that for our whole lives, not realizing that, hey, I'm an adult now. I'm older, I have choices, I can learn, I can change, I can grow, and I don't have to let those people that did that to me have the last word about my life and how I'm going to live it. So it's really about stopping that victim mentality and taking back your power. You know, we don't have to stay in that victim place. We can find our power, we can find our place, we can change things, and we can learn to be more functional. We can learn to be a partner instead of an adversary. Uh, We can learn to encourage our children instead of tear them down, like maybe was done with us. You know, we can learn to, to find peace, a peacefulness, rather than always being in fight or flight. There are so many things that we can rewrite 
And tapping is just one way of rewriting that. Now, I think it's the fastest way. It's the way that has helped me the most this past year. But I've been rewriting my life for, I don't know, as long as I can remember, really. And, um, (laughs) And there are so many techniques that you can use to to actually even rewrite a story, actually write out the story and give it a different ending. Mm. Because our imagination doesn't know the difference between reality and and the imaginary. So when you reframe an experience with a different ending that you make up, when you look back at that experience, you don't have that same fight or flight response. So it's just changing that neural pathway in your mind from a fight or flight place to an understanding place, a coping place where you've actually coped with it in a way that's healthy. Right. And you can, you can see it differently. I think too, when I, you know, when we're talking about, you know, we, we were victims as children and the parental things that, or the things that we can do as parents that maybe aren't so hot, you know, with our own kids because of the modeling that we had and our own choices, but there's also so much to be said for. And I know this is going to speak to you because you and I have talked about it, the parenting of ourselves. I mean, you know, you hear all this stuff about, oh, your inner child, inner child, and that has gotten so watered down and it gets kind of made fun of now. But the reality is you do have a child inside of you that is your inner child, that is part of your, your makeup. And if you don't learn how to be friends with that child, love it, take care of it properly, be the kind of parent that they always deserved, that child can run your life and it is not pretty oh as an goodness. adult. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sitting here with goosebumps and a swelling heart and tears in my eyes because that is just so near and dear to my heart. Like you said, that really speaks to me. And I think people, you know, don't realize, I didn't realize that we have that inner child that when we aren't parented properly or when negative things happen to us, abusive type things, whether it's from our parents or whomever, um, we actually get stuck in that. We never file that memory into a place of understanding and has language and it has context to it. So it's just swimming around there and we're just stuck. We're just stuck in those places. And unless you go back and you know, reparent that, like you said, you, you address it in a different way. You take that little girl or little boy into your arms and tell them you love them and you're always going to be there for them in whatever way you're doing your rewriting. They're just going to stay stuck there and they are going to, like you said, they're going to run your life. They're (laughs) going to make you miserable because if you're, you know, you're going to continue operating out of that place in your life. So you know, say you might be able to function very well in your job, but emotionally you are acting like two, three, four, five, six year old, you know, so your relationships are crap and, you know, you're, you're just messed up in all these other areas, but maybe you can function at your job because maybe that part of you never got stuck. So that's kind of something that people don't realize, you know, why am I stuck in this part of my life, but not others? I can do all these other things. Well, there's a part of you that's still stuck back there that needs some love and attention and help. And then when he or she is assuaged, then you can move on with your adultness. (laughs) See, you went from, you know, grammatically challenging things to a word like assuage. (laughs) (laughs) 
Which oh, it's been a it's beautiful. been a long week. It's been a long week, and I have no floor on my office. And yes, it's been yes. So I'm going back and forth between words that probably do not exist and words that are quite fabulous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I had a therapist say to me, and I didn't get it at the time, but uh, she said, "Well, yeah, this is why this stuff is going on that's out of control in your life because your little." kid is running the show and she is like a kid in a candy store. You're not giving her any boundaries. You're not disciplining her. She is just running wild in that candy store, grabbing everything she can grab. And I, I would just look at her and I'd be like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what that means. Uh, what are you talking about? And, you know, of course, years later, the, the more that was before I started learning about what narcissistic personality disorder is. Mm-hmm. And um, years later, when I would read about narcissistic personality disorder and go, oh, okay. So for a lot of us that have had abuse as a kid, we, we can, you know, be stuck at different ages from our childhood. And that kid is running around. That kid is operating, you know, your body is the robot and that kid is the one at the controls operating in your life. And that happens many, many times to many, many people. And when it becomes a personality disorder is when it's stuck for good there. Luckily, Mm -hmm. some of us, you know, a lot of us, including me, can go to therapy, will go to therapy, work on those things and grow up and parent healthily that inner child to keep her from being the kid in the candy store. And, you know, we, we move on someone with a personality disorder. Yeah. That ain't happening. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I was listening to your triad show where you said that those people, even if they go to therapy, they actually just learn the language. They don't Mm -hmm. rehabilitate. They just learn the language and they become even more manipulative. And I can very much understand that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We had a lovely uh, counselor that had come on uh, my show many, many times, Melissa Richards. And she would say, you know, I would date these guys or I would see them as a, you know, as a patient, not the, her boyfriends, but other narcissistic people. And she'd be like, I just help them with all kinds of counselees that now they can now go and perpetrate upon other people. <laughs> oh goodness. And I was like, yep, that's what you don't. I mean, I have helped many a personality disordered character, uh, you know, learn how to manipulate better unknowingly, of course, but that's unfortunate that that happens, but it happens. Absolutely. (laughs) So how do you, um, you know, when you're working with someone, let's say who just really is in an abusive relationship with someone like, you know, that has a character disorder. How have you seen using something like tapping? Um, and I know you, cause you and I, we don't live in the same state. We did this over zoom so we could look at each other and I, you know, did the whole process with you. But when you're working with someone where, you know, cause I've been there, you've been there, listeners have been there. You're in such a, you're like a wild trapped animal because you're being gaslit into being that. How would something like what you do help someone when they're in that space? Mm, That's a great question. Um, You know, whether you're doing the tapping or you're actually rewriting an experience, you know, physically or doing it in your imagination, 
like you like you were just describing that person is in a fight or flight place they mm -hmm. don't know where to go they're trapped and they are just stuck so what this process does is it is it takes one piece of that and brings it out of the fight or flight into a place of calm nice. it files one memory it files one experience it changes one viewpoint that you have and so many of our memories that aren't filed and the things even that are filed are all interconnected and you might you know think of it as a ball of yarn that's all tangled and you pull on one part of it and maybe that tightens another part or loosens another part and it's connected to all this and so there's so many things that are connected and it's kind of a process of peeling an onion where you mm. take off layer by layer by layer. It's not something that you can untangle the whole ball of yarn at one time. Right. Um, you can't, you can't do it. It's a process and it's challenging. It takes a lot of stamina and time. Um, and time. But I, you know, one thing that just popped into my head was something that my um, counselor said to me, he said, you know, you need to give yourself some credit. He said, you at the age of five, six, seven, eight years old, nine, 10, 11, 12, you were really good at coping. You survived a lot. And I think that so many of us don't, don't give ourselves credit for all the different ways we learn to cope. Now, granted, they're probably not functional as adults. You know, the, some of the things I did to cope are not going to be good to, to use as an adult, but we survived, right? We didn't die. We didn't go insane. And so we need to, to really give ourselves credit for that and understand that this is a process. It was a series of events that happened over a lifetime until we are how, we, how old we are now. And we have a series of things to clear. And we just take it one step at a time, one belief at a time. I, for the last year and a half, since I really started doing tapping, um, I have been clearing at least one thing every day. I have it all written down in notebooks, all the things that I've cleared. Sometimes I've cleared seven or eight things in a day. I do not highly recommend that, but because <laughs> um, that can be incredibly draining. But it's a process of just taking it one step at a time, one belief at a time. And when you clear that, something else will probably come up because it's like, okay, now you've taken off a layer and something else can bubble up to the surface. Mm -hmm. And then you take that thing. And it, it's really um, something that I want people to understand that it takes time. It's not, you know, let's just pop a pill and we'll be okay. It's not that kind of a thing. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a daily process of taking one step forward, sometimes two or three steps back, but you just every day, you just keep taking another step forward and you rest and you just keep plugging away at it until eventually you come out of that fight or flight place. Exactly. Then you can live with all the chaos and, you know, drama that goes on in the world that we just, that's just the way it is, but you're not feeling like that caged animal at the mercy of all the chaos and drama. You actually have some measure of ability to handle it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> From a less triggered 
you know, a less triggered space, which is mm -hmm. incredible. And that's so true when you shift energy around like that in, in your own body um, from, like you said, clearing something and then something else might come up. I think what people get afraid of, I know I certainly did was, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to stick my finger or take the lid off of that boiling pot because if I let any of it out, I will never stop crying or I will not like, you just feel like it's just way too overwhelming. And it does feel like that, but you don't die. You, it, you, it actually creates this wonderful room. I, I actually had a woman that I work with say, listen, we cleared, we've been clearing a lot of stuff. Don't fill up with a bunch of activities. You're going to want to go do, you know, you're one of those people you want to create, create, create. You're going to create a whole bunch of stuff because you'll have this room to go do it. And she goes, I, I challenge you to not do that. <laughs> you need to, you know, just for this particular process, you need to really let this sink in and we don't know what else might need to come up from it. And if you just add more busy, 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 you're missing the opportunity to really clear up some of the things. And so when I was working with you on my stuff, I took the nap. I didn't work the rest of the day. I, you know, I took that time and I remembered you're going to feel really clear and free. Don't fill up with busy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so true. Yep. And it just, you know, being busy is just another coping mechanism. Yep. It's just another way to another anesthetizing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. To numb ourselves to our feelings. And, uh, you know, that, that's really been clear to me lately, um, about how, good we are those of us who have been abused at numbing numbing our feelings oh, numbing ourselves and finding absolutely. a way to avoid it um you know now that i'm i've been doing this for quite a long time i have this this funny thing that happens i have something usually that i'm triggered about when i get mad at my husband i will just get mad at him for no reason i mean he can be as sweet as pie He's done nothing. He's, you know, asked me to go on a date. I mean, he will just be, and I will be so mad at him. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm triggered. It's a way of, if I get mad at him, then I don't have to feel right. the way I'm feeling. So I'm going to numb my feelings by getting mad at him. And it's not even a conscious thing. It's a subconscious thing. But once you become aware of it, then you can say, okay, I'm going to bring that to the surface now. Tell my husband, I'm really mad at you, but it has nothing to do with you. So I need to go and be by myself now. And I need to go figure this out because that's not fair. You know, that's, um, that's one of the things as we numb, we take out then that anger on somebody else. We have to spray that somewhere. And yeah. if we're not going to deal with it ourselves, it's just going to spray onto everybody else. So yeah, that's I... part of that victim mentality, you know, ditching that is to start to become self-aware and say, you know, how am I hurting others by not taking care of my own stuff? And then really you're hurting yourself too. It's like, you're almost adding insult to injury Absolutely. when you don't deal with your emotions. Oh, I can't even, <laughs> it's, it's some kind of testament to something test of wills, whatever it is that my ex-husband and I are still in each other's lives because we did, we just bled, you know, emotional bullets all over each other for, for years we did that. And now that we're both, you know, he's in his sixties and I'm going to be 50, you know, we can go, okay, yeah, I'm going to hang up now. 
because this, I'm just really in a bad mood and you are someone I feel safe with. And I just want to make something your fault. So I'm going to hang up. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fun. I just want to make something your fault. I'm yes. going to have to use that phrase. <laughs> uh, tell my husband, I'm really mad at you and I just really want to make something your fault. So <laughs> I need to remove myself from your presence at this time. Mm-hmm. I had to do it with my son because I was the person he could get angry with his mom wasn't going anywhere and everybody else did. So I, that was fine as a kid, but as an adult, I had to go, okay, now this is abuse behaved back at me. I, you can't do this anymore. You're going to have to deal with those feelings. I'm not the repository for your anger anymore. And, um, you know, that caused a, a several month non-speaking to each other thing that I went, oh my gosh, I'm estranged from my child. What kind of a mother is it? You know, all that stuff. And then I, it's, you know, we're back talking again. And I realized we may need to do that a couple more times. But I remember talking about this with a friend who went, wait, how many months were you not talking? I said, I think it was like four months. And he goes, Kristen, I have friends who haven't spoken to their parents in 12 years. Like, really? Four months? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not afraid of needing that kind of disconnection again if it helps the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. So... Well, I'm excited. I love listening to the shows. I love hearing what pitch your voice is at because I can tell you just naturally have a higher voice than a lot of people. That's just the where your voice is registered. But I can tell based on good things and challenging things where you're at based on the pitch of your voice. That is so interesting. And I mean, and it's not a, it's not a bad if it's high and good if it's low. It is, has nothing to do with that. It's just the register of your voice. Sometimes about something really happy, it'll be higher. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes more, you know, serious things, it'll be lower. And I'm like, ah, she is just somebody who moves within that parent-child space and it comes out in her voice. That's really interesting. And there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that child coming out. We got to let that child come out. We just have to be the, you know, healthy parent. So it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, litmus test on, oh, her voice sounds high today. There must be something wrong. It's not that at all. It's just, I don't know a lot of people who have that physical manifestation like you do around what's going on with you internally. And that's what makes you such a big giant empath too, is because you Mm. have that. Mm Mm-hmm. I do it too. I just do it with my face. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't see that. I know. That's why I like podcasting. I have (laughs) such a hard time. If I really, if someone has really been disrespectful or, you know, I, I get it that they are really high, highly narcissistic person. And sometimes you don't find that out until you're physically with them. I cannot pretend with my face that I'm not disturbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to distance myself for a while <laughs> from their presence, work through my stuff and then, you know, deal with them on a project or whatever, or not. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes this, is, sometimes it calls for just leaving, but I, I just can't do it. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> Other yeah. people can and good for them. <laughs> yep. That's, 
That's so interesting. And, you know, now that you said that, it is very interesting because my children and my husband will say something about that. Like, you need to listen to how you're talking right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, just, you know, the irritation, the frustration and, you know, that stuff that comes out needs to be, you know, needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really interesting because then they'll say, mom, you're so bubbly. You know, my kids will say, mom, you're so bubbly and you're so much fun, which a lot of the time that I am, I am yep. those things. And so, you know, they see me go back and they laugh at me and they think it's funny that I watch Barbie movies and, you know, cause Hey, that is you honoring your inner child. Oh so. <laughs> yes. Yes. On Sunday I watched five in a row. I was definitely uh, uh, needing a break. So I love it. See, I get mine out with these puppies that I've got in mm. my horse. That is all inner child. It's older person too, but it's definitely like, okay, inner child, y- you go have fun, honey. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a thing to, I I think it's a gift. It's a gift that you have that physical manifestation. It's a sign of not just an empath, like a super empath, (laughs) because we can't, you you know, we can't, uh, we're so in our self and our feelings and feeling what's going on with other people that we just don't have the ability to add another mask on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I, oh, I, I always see it as a compliment, you know? Yeah. And just hearing you say add a mask. Oh, that just, wow. That touches me deeply. Like, I don't want to do that. I exactly. It reminds me of a time that I tapped and I actually had a rubber suit on. It was zipped up all the way over my head. And I, I unzipped that as part of that rewriting process. And it just kind of made me feel that I don't want to put a mask on. I like I who I've become now. That's I don't right. want to be That's right. somebody else. And I don't care if people don't, you know, like it shines me. through your voice. And that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. The worst thing you could do is try to control that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a gorgeous yeah. thing. Well, tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and, um, and where they can find your show. Sure. Well, my show is called Rewrite Your Life. It is on the Mental Health News Radio Network, uh, which is your network. Um, that's also MHNR network.com. <laughs> and uh, my website is called Sarah Liza Life. And that is S-A-R-A-L-I-Z-A-L-I-F-E.com. Uh, and that is something that I'm slowly plugging away at working on. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm, you know, just slowly working on becoming a public speaker and mm-hmm. writing books but everything has to be in its time. Right now I'm kind of in a place of taking care of myself, um, something that I haven't done for many years. So I'm working with a personal trainer and starting to get healthier so that I don't have so much physical pain um, and to be stronger. And, you know, as I get older, I'm finding that I'm getting weaker and weaker. This is not a good thing. <laughs> right. So, right. We're not you know, 22 and can no. just go off and not sleep for three days and be perfectly fine. Yeah. That's not part of our life experience anymore. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I'm just plugging away at things and, um, you know, they'll develop as they develop and I'm not going to get my undies in a bundle as some people say, and get all upset (laughs) about this. It's going to be what it is and it'll all happen in its time. Mm, Fantastic. Well, I'm so honored that you 
are a part of this network and that you work with me on my own stuff because that helps everybody to do with the network. If I'm working on my stuff, it helps everybody, mm-hmm. and, uh, including me. Mm-hmm. And I have to give a shout out to our amazing Frank King, who is the person that introduced me to you. Oh, yes. Absolutely and fantastic. That man, I have to do a PSA about Frank, and I mean a good PSA, not a warning one, because that man has brought so many incredible, it's such an example of someone when they, you see who's a part of their life, who's inspired to be around them. And every single person that Frank has brought into my life has been just this tremendous, incredible person, including you. Oh, thank you. And I am so grateful to be on the network and to be working with you. Uh, in all the different ways that we work together. And it's just such a blessing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mental Health News Radio. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial.